That's just, that's how we Texas, or celebrate Christmas here in Texas, and so I wore a short sleeve shirt today, but I thought, no, I want to look close to wintery or something, I don't know, so, um, but it is uh, that time of year, so I love Christmas, I love driving around, Christmas lights, how many of you got Christmas lights up on your house? Got some Christmas lights, Christmas tree, you have your tree up? Okay, uh, I had, we had our first Christmas tree up November 2nd, just so you guys know, Okay. So I know some of you are diehard, you know, Thanksgiving Day or the day after Thanksgiving. Just to let you know where we stand, November 2nd was our first tree up. Our second tree went up a couple of days later, and then our third tree was up a couple of days after that. Uh, how many, is that all? Three? Just three, just three this year. So we're scaling back. Um, we love Christmas, <laughs> and so love the Christmas lights and, and all these good things, and so I love this time of year. Uh, time with the family, but also remembering, as you know, as they say, the reason for the season. It's not Santa Claus, okay? It's not just the light to the tree, but it is Jesus Christ and his birth and his coming to us, and so we are um, uh, so thankful for that. And so for the next couple of weeks, we have a part one, part two, and part three. Love came down is what we're talking about. Uh, We were lost in a broken world. How many of you know that? Uh, It's a broken world. And love came down, and so I'm so thankful for that. I was looking um, at, at that time, you know, at the end of the Old Testament and right before the New Testament, there was a, an amount of time there, about 400 years of time, that the Lord was silent. And it was right after uh, the last stories of the Bible, Nehemiah, and they were rebuilding the, the wall, and, and uh, there was Malachi that was there, a few prophets. And so there were was, there was some things that happened at the end of the Old Testament. And then there was this break, and there was this about 400 years where uh, the Lord was silent. And then Jesus came down. But before that, this time of about 400 years of silence from God is, is very interesting. And a lot of people talk about you know, what happened during that time, or why was there 400 years, or why was he silent, that, that sort of thing. But there were several things that happened in that 400 years. If you think about 400 years, the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament, that is a longer period of time than the United States has been a country, okay? A long amount of time for this to happen before Jesus came. And so a lot happened in that time, okay? Some of the things that happened during that time is that Roman numerals and roads were invented, Okay, so that's pretty good. So now we have places to go and Roman numerals. Now we know what Super Bowl we're watching. Okay, so that's, we're very thankful for Roman numerals. Um, then uh, the months July and August were added. They just made it up. They are like, what does this add? Just two months, okay? So that's where we start to get 365 days a year. There's 12 months in the year. February was 28 days plus one. And so it was all around this time between that Old Testament and New Testament. So... Uh, anybody ever heard of Cleopatra? Okay, during that time, she was walking like an Egyptian. Okay, and so that's what, what was going on there. Um, the the phrase "I am Spartacus" became a famous line, not in the movie. Like the actual "I am Spartacus" happened. Okay, happened during this time. Okay, so there were there were several things that that happened. There were some not so great things that also happened during this time: war, slavery. All kinds of things were going on during this time. This is when Alexander the Great took power. And he had a time where he and his officials uh, uh, lived in, well, just awful sin, awful time. Um, 
but he took power. And you would think with a name like Alexander the Great that he, you know, ruled for a long time. It was really about 10 years, 10 to 13 years at, at the most uh, that he ruled. But uh, a lot of people died during his time. Uh, because of war, the Great Wall of China was built during this time. So this was not built as a tourist attraction, okay? This was built because there was war that were trying to keep people away, all these types of things. Socrates was put on trial and killed. Plato and Aristotle began to teach during this time. Um, new religions were popping up. Taoism and Confucianism were popping up in the East that people still worship uh, that way here today over in the East. Julius Caesar was assassinated. A lot of things went on during this time. Rome begins to take over, as you know, if you read your Bible, Rome begins to take over and controls a large portion of the world. And the Romans, uh, they were brutal, brutal people, as, as many of you know, if you know some of, some of history, just brutal people. They would train dogs to, to hunt people down and kill them. Just some horrible atrocities were going on during these 400 years. Just some terrible times, war, slavery, some awful things were going on. Okay? And it was at this time, the main problem of, this, of that time is the main problem of this time and the time before is sin. Sin was the main problem of that time, this time, time before. And so we look back at, at these times of just horrible things that happened, but it was the sin of the world that was keeping them away from God. And as God was silent during this time, the, Jew, the Jewish people were kind of thrown in different directions. Under some leadership, they could quietly worship and hold some ceremonies in the temple. But other times, they were beaten and killed just because of who they were. They, whoever was over their leader, the leadership above them, they, they used their priests as political pawns. They would set these up and, yeah, these are your priests, but really they, were, they weren't priests un, unto God. They were... Uh, they were doing the job of, of the leadership above them. And so Herod especially was cruel to everyone, but especially to the Jewish people. It was a hard, hard time to be alive at that time. And it was during that time, at, at the end of this time, that Jesus then comes with hope for humanity. Love came down. We were lost in this broken world. And without Jesus Christ, we were going to stay lost in a broken world. Now, how many of you are thankful that Jesus Christ came down? That love came down? It was at this moment. And many people think that this was the perfect time to come down. Because one of the things that Alexander the Great did do is everybody began to speak the same language just about, the Greek language. And then you add that with the fact that roads were made. This was the perfect time for the gospel to be able to spread because there was one language, there was roads everywhere, Jesus comes down, sets up, the church begins, and it explodes. This was the perfect time. Jesus, God knows what he's doing. How many of you know that? God knows what he's doing. And so we look here at the beginning of all this. The first person that God speaks to is actually not Mary. We think maybe it was Mary, talking about uh, that he was gonna, she was going to conceive a, a, and have a child. Actually, that's not the first person that he talks to. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at the first person that the Lord speaks to after this 400 years of war and slavery and all these things. Then he speaks to somebody, and he begins this chain reaction of things 
that we celebrate every year and we call Christmas. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5, we have several verses, but I want to tell the story. It's a great story. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So both of them had some priestly descendants, okay? Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Now, this was put in specifically because it was known at that time that there were not very many people who were very righteous at this time. Not many. So for the Holy Spirit to call them righteous, for the Holy Spirit to call them blameless, I mean, this was similar to back in Noah's days where there was not very many people following the Lord, and that is true of this time too. But these people did follow the Lord. Zechariah, Elizabeth, they did follow the Lord. Verse 7, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So this is obviously a hard life for people who wanted to have a child. Now, they stuck with the Lord. I don't know if from time to time in their life they asked the Lord why. Maybe you have questions of why isn't this happening? Why can't we have a child or why are we in this situation? If you ever have those questions of why God, you've got Zachariah and you've got Elizabeth who were there with you. I'm sure from time to time they might have asked the Lord why, but they stayed faithful to the Lord anyhow. Verse 8, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. This is a very high honor for any priest that's serving at that time. Okay, so what would happen is early in the morning, there would be a, there would be a time where they would light the incense, and they had this incense, they would pour it over the hot coal, and this altar of incense was right in front of the Holy of Holies. So they're standing feet from the literal presence of God, and there was a priest that was ordered to come in in the morning, once in the morning and once at night, come in, light the incense, and what that meant was that there was a, there was a continual, a constant worship that was brought up to also signify the constant presence that the Lord was with them, okay? So this was early in the morning, late at night, so there was a constant stream of, of this incense that was being burned. And so this was a very high honor that Zachariah was able to go in to the altar of incense. The worshipers are outside waiting to worship, and so he walks in to perform his, his duty, his very high honor. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now this is the first time in 400 years, okay? An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, that, that phrase that we love to hear, that the angel has said many times throughout the Bible, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Then he says, your prayer has been heard. So here's this, this honored time. This Zechariah, you know, it's his turn. He gets to go in and do this, and this is such an honor for him. And so he's focusing on, you know, is he going to do it right? And he wants to make sure that everything is done exactly the way that the law said it was supposed to do. There's people outside waiting on him to worship. And so he's getting ready, and he's just about to do this. And all of a sudden, boom, an angel just appears right next to him. Obviously, that's going to startle him. That would startle you, wouldn't it? it was star so it startled Zechariah, and the angel of the Lord just, boom, stood there. And so he was startled, and the angel said, do not 
be afraid. I love how the Lord, the angel of the Lord says that to almost to everyone who they, they speaks to, do not be afraid. And he says, your prayer has been heard. Now, obviously, he is saying this to Zechariah for a certain reason, but he can say that to us as well. The, how many of you know that the Lord says, do not be afraid, God's with you, and he hears your prayers? How many of you sometimes you, you pray and you wonder if God hears you? You feel like prayers are bouncing off the ceiling or something. They're coming right back down to you. I can promise you, don't be afraid. The Lord hears your prayers. Amen? The Lord hears your prayers. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Wow. Filled with the Holy Spirit before he is born. So this is way before Acts chapter 2. Way before Acts chapter 2. And here he is at birth. John the Baptist is filled with the Holy Spirit. He is a joy and a delight to you. Great in the sight of the Lord. And then he is, he is set aside. No wine, no fermented drink, no, nothing like this. Because the job that he has, that God has for John, is a big, big job. Verse 16, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. Turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the, right, of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God, many times, is getting ready and preparing us for what he is wanting us to do. Whether it's the Passover, right? He sent disciples ahead of time to make ready, to get ready for what's going to happen. Um, we had the, the, the lady anoint him with oil to get ready as he was going to go to the cross. Many times, even in our lives, there is a get ready process that happens. We want it to happen now, Okay. But many times for us, there is a get-ready process that God brings us through. And this John the Baptist is what, he's, is what he is doing. Like I said, there are many people not righteous living in this time. But here is John, well, not John the Baptist yet, but here's John, and he's going to go out, and he's going to baptize those, he's going to bring people back to salvation, and he is making way the Lord. Jesus would later say that no prophet, no one was greater than John the Baptist, because he made the way ready for the Lord. What an important job that he had. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I don't know Zechariah because there's an angel standing in front of you. What, what, what is this question for? How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Now listen, Zechariah knows the story of Abraham and Sarah. He knows this, okay? He knows this. Where does this unbelief come from? Where did, where did this doubt come from? But how often have we done that as well? We know the stories of the Bible. We know how he led Moses and the Israelites. He parted a Red Sea for them. He can't part something for us. How many times in our own lives do we remember what God has done for us, but then God wants to do something else? Well, God, I don't know. You know, you don't know my boss, Okay. Listen, Zechariah knows the story of Abraham, but a little doubt crept in. And before we get too mad at Zechariah for his doubt, sometimes we got to look at us as well. 
said, we know the stories of the Bible. We know the word of God. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Gabriel says, I know what I'm talking about, okay? I stand in the little, literal presence of God. And now you, verse 20, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So from this point, Zechariah was left, literally left speechless. <laughs> he was not able to talk for the nine months. Okay? And, and Elizabeth said amen. No. <laughs> Sorry. For nine months, he was silent. Could not speak because of this doubt. What, what this shows me, this was a word from the Lord. And this shows me that God takes his word very seriously. We have this Bible. We have no excuse in 2021 to not know the word of God. We have no excuse. We can have it here. We can have it on our phone. We can have it playing on Spotify behind us while we're at work. We have no excuse to not know the word of God. Zechariah knew the word of God. He knew the stories of Abraham. He knew that an angel of the Lord was standing in front of him. And God's word was given to him, but there was doubt. And so I, that, that, man, that, that tells me that I want to know this word. I want to know this word. I don't want to have, I don't want it to be this thing where it's like, well, God, I didn't really know. I, I, didn't, I didn't really understand that part of the Bible. Well, you know, I, I was going to read my Bible, but, you know, things come up and kids and everything else. God takes his word very seriously. And as we have given opportunity to know the word of God, then there is expectation that comes from him that we obey and follow the word of God. And so he is left speechless and quiet. Now, it, it, it's not lost on me, this parallel, that there was so much disobedience and then the Lord was silent for 400 years. There's disobedience here from Zechariah and there's silence for nine months. The parallel that's there. But he'll be set free in just a moment. Spoiler alert. Let's skip to verse 57. Luke chapter 1, verse 57. In between this, Mary comes. The Lord uh, visits Mary, and we'll talk about that next week. Let's skip to verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. So we're having the baby, and it's just like, just like today. We're having a baby, and grandma's coming, and the cousins are coming, and everybody's coming. We want to see the baby. They're going to have a baby shower. They're going to get a crib. I don't know, whatever. Everybody's going to come. They want to see the new baby. Verse 59, on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. Verse 61, they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who is that name, who has that name. Now, I know this is shocking, but here is a family event where there's an argument. Okay? Y'all just pretend 
that you know what I'm talking about. I know that that doesn't happen in your family, but just act like, oh, wow, arguments among the family. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> Argument here among the family. What are we going to name this child? Can you imagine if you had cousins and aunts and uncles and grandma who told you what you should name your child? Maybe you had that. I don't know. Let's, let's move on. <clears throat> but here we are <laughs> with this family argument here. Verse 62. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like, what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. I like how he didn't just write John. He wrote, His name is John. I, don't want, the, I want everybody to know what I'm saying here. His name is John. And look at this. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. After a time of disobedience, when we obey the Lord, he sets us free. That's what this whole story is about. The love that came down for us, where we were in our sin, where we were in our disobedience, and then when we turn to him, he completely sets us free. He came down to set us free, and that's what he did here for Zechariah. The moment that he says, okay, God, it's your way. I would love to name my son Zechariah. Maybe my cousin has a point here, but what you want is for his name to be John. His name's going to be John. Verse 65, all the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country Judea, people were talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. And that's exactly true. The Lord's hand was with this John, who would later become John the Baptist, and he would do great things. To skip to verse 36, Zechariah is kind of reflecting, taking all of this in, and he spends a few verses thanking the Lord. And then he says this, verse 76, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Now, this is obviously a big shift from the Judaism that Zechariah participated in with the altars and the sacrifices. He says, no, something's happening here. Something different is happening here. Knowledge of salvation is going to come through the forgiveness of their sins, going before the Lord and to prepare him. Verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God, the tender mercy. Another way to say that is compassion. Another way to say that is love. Because of the tender mercy, compassion, love of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. I'm so thankful that he came to guide us into this path of peace. And that's what Zacharias says about his son and how thankful he is of what the Lord is going to do in and through him. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, 30 years later, roundabouts, this moment of what John was created for happens right here in John chapter 1, verse 29. John is now not just baby John. He is John the Baptist, and he is out, and he is preaching and, and he's wearing the leather belt and he's wearing all this stuff and he is 
preaching salvation is coming through Jesus Christ. Verse 29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I am so thankful that John prepared the way just as God wanted after 400 years of silence and 400 years of of war and slavery and sin and all these things, God speaks to his people. Speaks to his people so that love can come down. Listen, we were lost in a broken world, but love came down and set us free. Amen? Love came down and set us free. And I am so thankful I'm so thankful for this story, this this Christmas story. And so we're going to get into Mary and we're going to get into the wise men and all these. But this is the story that prepared the way. So we're preparing this way for us here today. And so as there was a time for God's people that was very tough, and then God came and spoke to him. There was a time for Zachariah and Elizabeth that was very tough. And God said, don't be afraid. I've heard your prayers. This Christmas season, while it is filled with joy and Christmas lights and presents and and, and all these different things, for some of us, this time of year can be a little tough. For some of us, we're unable to celebrate this time with loved ones who have gone on before us. And so it's, it's tough kind of remembering those. For some of you, you have moved away from your family, and so you, you aren't able to celebrate with them. I don't know if you're going to have on FaceTime together or what, but, but maybe there's some family this Christmas that you're unable to see. And so it's, it's just a little tough because you want to see them. You want to be with them. The stats say that, that December is the saddest month of the year for many people. It's the most that people feel alone. And I think, but Jesus is here. (laughs) Jesus came to be with us. And so I'm very aware that even in this room that this Christmas time can be tough for some. And so I want to give opportunity to pray. And so we're going to go to a time of prayer. And this isn't just going to be, uh, everybody find a place to pray. No, I, I actually want to pray with you. Because there are some people who are going through a tough time. Um, some that, very honestly, need to come up and give their heart to the Lord. Because sin is in their life. Living in a dark world, a broken world. Jesus came to set us free. Maybe it, it may not be sin, but it may be a situation with your family where you, where you say, I, I just, it's just a tough time this year. So we're going to go into a time of prayer, and I want to pray with you. So if everyone would stand this morning, you want to stand this morning. We're going to we're going to pray, but I'm going to ask that if you're here this morning and you say I need prayer because this this time I'm thankful, I'm thankful that God is here. I'm thankful that love came down, but this year is a little tough for whatever reason. It could be a myriad of reasons. And you say, I I want prayer. I want someone to pray with me. I'm just going to ask you even right now to come forward, line up here at the front, and I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. So if that's you, come on down right now. For any reason at all, we want to pray with you. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. 
And I want to give that opportunity and give that chance. So if that's you here today and you say, I want prayer, to lift me up in prayer for different things that's going on. Absolutely. Anybody else? Anybody say, I need prayer. I'm going through this. I have relationship issue, financial issue, spiritual issue, whatever it is, whatever need that you have, we're here for you and we want to pray with you. so much those who've come down what I also want to do is I want to give opportunity there we don't have a, a specific prayer team but there are people that are here today who love to pray for others and if you see someone up here that the Lord may be directing you to say go up there and pray for them I'm going to go ahead and invite you to come down and you say maybe I want to just put a put a hand on their back or I want to pray for them I want to agree with them support them in prayer if that's you come on down Stand behind them and begin to pray for them even right now. I, I want, I'd like to go and pray with each of them individually, but if you want to come down and stand beside someone and say, yep, let's pray. Let's, just, let's turn this place into a house of prayer. That's what Jesus said it was, right? Let's just turn this place into a house of prayer. And as we're led and, and we sing a song, we worship the Lord, let's also spend some time in prayer and pray for these that are down here who need a touch from the Lord. Let's pray. so thankful it says I song says I want to be close to you he came to be close to us <laughs> and I'm so thankful that many times when it seems so dark in our life it's dark in Zachariah's time it's dark for many of us when it's, when it's completely dark, that, that little bit of light, you see it, don't you? It doesn't even have to be that big. It's just that little bit of light, you see it. And then it begins to grow and grow and grow. And that's the presence of the Lord. That is the presence of the Lord, and I'm so thankful for it. Pray that you would be encouraged. Those who came forward here today, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. The Lord hears your prayers. The Lord is with you. And I pray for strength and for wisdom and for guidance this holiday season. Pray that it's a time of joy for you, joy for all of us as we remember Jesus came down, that love came down. And I'm so thankful for it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all your many blessings. Thank you for a story like this that reminds us that your love came down. Kind of the, the, the beginning of this Christmas story. That love came down right when we needed it. When it seems hopeless, when it seems lost, we are, we're helpless, but we're not hopeless. <laughs> we're not hopeless because of your son, Jesus. And God, we thank you. God, we thank you. So thankful for a church that we can come to and lift up holy hands to your son, Jesus. God, we praise you for that. I pray for strength and wisdom. pray for peace in, in houses during this holiday season. pray that you would be with us, Lord. 
pray that you would be with us. Time of joy. Time of maybe refreshing for some. Lord, we thank you, God. We praise you and we thank you. We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.